It's our final four edition of the ACC Basketball Degenerates podcast. We've reached the final week of the 2015 to 2016 college basketball season. Bittersweet, we're a week away from Championship Monday. Taping this on the Monday before. I am Luke Near, your host as always of this lovely podcast where we get on and we talk about lines and we talk about games and we break it down for you. Joining us today on the line, uh, we've got two on the line with us. Taylor Pilkington from, I don't know where he is, but he's at his home and he has a martini in his hand, so he's with us. Taylor, how are you? That's right. I'm feeling better with every sip. And Vegas Mike, who is <laughs> back with us in uh, the realm of the East Coast, he's no longer getting special treatment after his glorious return from <laughs> Vegas last week, but he is just drinking a beer like a normal citizen. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, my big question is, is, is Taylor wearing pants? Because I know one martini, I'm fully clothed and having a great time. Two martinis, I'm alone in my house in my underwear, just wondering what happened. <laughs> so I just I wonder what stage Taylor's at right well, America now. wants to know, is Taylor wearing pants? <laughs> I don't have anything in my hand. I don't have anything in my hand. I don't have a drink in my hand because I didn't get the memo. And Guthrie is not with us. Uh, he couldn't get into the studio. He actually has a drink of hemlock in his hand because he is the resident <laughs> homer. He is the Virginia fan. And uh, we have to begin there with Virginia and Syracuse, the, certainly the more interesting contest of the ACC teams matched up against each other in the Elite <laughs> Eight. And... Um, what happened, Mike? What happened? Ten minutes to go, 15-point lead. Virginia, uh, they can't score. Syracuse turns into the Golden State Warriors for the final eight minutes of play. I mean, what did you see out there? I mean, Man. is that a perfect storm game? I'm calling it a perfect storm game. Everyone wants to blame the press or give the press homage. Oh, all hail Jim Beheim, you wizard. Let's put you in the pantheon. <laughs> he switched it up. He switched it up. He finally broke out of his shell. He finally allowed his athletes to compete. Yeah, I heard I heard all that. Um, yeah, I, you know, a lot of people are kind of talking about the change of pace and that, oh, it sped, it sped UVA up and they didn't know uh, what to do once the pace got a little bit faster. You know, I, I actually didn't really see that. I mean, I've seen UVA play fast before. Um, yeah, I've seen uh, here are the examples. Against- West Virginia in the non conferencing drive yeah. back to last year against VCU. The Iowa State yep. game was a perfect example of that. And we even saw some against NC State in the regular just, season. Just wait. Okay. I agree with you that yeah, they've played well, sped up before, but you can't argue, you can't say that it didn't happen this time because it did. They were rattled. And maybe they are usually good. Um, you know, if they're playing against the fast team. I mean they to took a timeout though. They took a timeout to try to settle down. When the, yeah, the lead I mean, was about and it, seven, and it didn't really work. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but sometimes it's just I, not I, your night. I I agree that it wasn't all the press. It was kind of a perfect storm. I mean, uh, Richardson started to light it up. They started just hitting everything. But I think that the press was like the butterfly that flapped its wings to make the monsoon. You know, something like that, and more than a butterfly. But it forced UVA to be frantic. It sped them up. It got Syracuse energized and back into the game and excited and. Um, I think the press was the catalyst for everything else that happened. And Virginia did not really deal with it well. If they make one of those four layups that they missed on those two-on-one yeah. breaks, That's I, think, true. I think it changes even things. If, or even if there's if a foul. Even if they get a foul call or they you know, get an offensive rebound and just pull it out and run a full possession and slow everything down, anything, any one thing that could have happened, yeah, okay. I agree. could have been completely different, but they didn't. Here's, here's another case against... Um, the theories that are floating out there from a lot of, I don't know, people who are sour about Virginia. They should have just 
broken the press and then held the ball and set up and slowed down the offense. Well, here's what I have to say against that. If we look at the first Syracuse-Virginia meeting, the strategy was to roll the ball out and just let it bobble to half court so Virginia would have a full 30 right as they're pretty much set in the half court to break down that zone. And that's what they were doing in the first half as well, and they were succeeding to a certain extent. They had all 30 seconds of the shot clock to break down that zone. Now, Rob, it's interesting if, that you say that. I was wondering why Perantes was leaving, letting the ball roll out. All they the way did to it in court. the regular season. I thought, I thought it was like a mental thing where no. he was like, oh, you know, I want the game to go longer. You know, I want yeah. this, this uh, thumping to continue for as long as possible. But, yeah, I, I actually didn't think about that. that. That's interesting. That's what happened in the regular season, That's what, and it, it was spotted in the first half. Now, say they, they break the press. And that's a good, what, 10, 11 seconds at least, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. at least. And you just back it out, you've got, I don't know, 14 seconds before you get into something else, or 15 seconds, and and the way Syracuse zone was playing and and the way uh, that zone generally does perform, I I just don't think that's enough time. I mean, I kind of agree with you in that, yes, that would be, I mean, a lot of times a press or a token pressure is designed to just make you not have as much time to run your offensive action. But I also, this is why I think it was such a good move by Syracuse, and I admire that decision, is because um, I think that they UVA can't really pass up a two-on-one, is basically what you're saying. They can't pass up a two-on-one. I'm saying the two-on-one has a better chance of succeeding than pulling it back out and starting a set with about 15 seconds left on the shot clock against yeah. the zone. And, and I think Syracuse yeah. knew that, and they knew that UVA couldn't pass it up, and they just gambled on the fact that they can get enough stops and make the game more out of control, less you know, less controlled, less methodical. They can get UVA out of their comfort zone and get them, you know, to do crazy stuff happens in tournament games, and they they gambled on that, and UVA wasn't able to convert the two on ones, and and Syracuse got hot, and it totally changed the entire tenor of the game. All right, next question. Yeah, Mike. I don't like I don't like any of that analysis. That just sounds like a UVA guy, just like kind of grasping for straws. There, you know what? Are what you talking about? Was, are you talking to me or Taylor? <laughs> no, I'm talking about Taylor. Okay. I mean, you know, I what I what I saw what I saw was UVA get get wide open shots at the at the goal, like right at the goal, missing them fine. But then it was on the defensive side where they where they totally got hosed. You know, yeah. missing six straight shots against a broken press is one thing, but then giving up another six shots, most of those in one on one situations between Malachi Richardson and Malcolm Brogdon. I mean I think yeah. that's where UVA lost the game. They didn't lose it, you know, by Darius Thompson missing layups. You know, I thought they missed it on the backside, uh, without being able to lock down anyone on defense and the offensive rebounds. Oh my goodness, man! They, the, they must have given up six or seven offensive rebounds yeah, at the, the end of that game. I, I, and the I, penetration I'm not too. The press was the total thing, but I also just think it helped Syracuse start that. And on the offensive end, it helped too because just it rattled DVA and it energized Syracuse's players. And how about and this? I, that's not a very data-driven argument, but I think it's. <laughs> I think it happened. Trevor Cooney shot more twos than he did threes. He, how many threes did he take? One, two. Yeah, I thought I'd take maybe one. And it, yeah. he, he was just taking it to the rack and actually was successful. Uh, a, mm-hmm. I don't know, like maybe 50% of the time, which is still good for him. So Yeah, yeah, I thought... I thought He didn't um, sabotage just, it. 
Yeah, he did, he did he didn't go full Cooney. He did not. Yeah, he didn't. <laughs> oh, All man. right. Okay. Well, what, last what questions, uh, Mike. Did you, did did you have money on this game? Um, no, you know, I didn't. The only line that I saw that I was actually salivating over, so it was a 15-point um, lead at half, and the line was actually minus 14-and-a-half um, for, I guess, uh, Syracuse. So, yeah, 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 for the game pretty much, right? So, yeah. I mean, that was at that point I was just like, oh, you know, Syracuse plus 14-and-a-half? Like, I think they're going to win the second half. I don't think they go out like that. Yeah. Um, so that was actually the, the one line that I saw that um, I thought was amazing. Um, but, you know, whatever. UVA was up, what, 15 uh, with nine well, minutes left? I will say, even, uh, if you, even in the first <laughs> half, that the zone of Syracuse, UVA, by the score alone, I mean, UVA was ahead by a lot, but a lot of that was due to Prontes hitting – Really, really deep threes, which are always going to be there to beat the zone. And that's, I mean, as much as he's a, you know, whatever, great shooter, one of the best in the nation, ACC, top five in ACC nation, whatever, that's not a sustainable shot to beat that zone on uh, I disagree because he practices that, John. That's a certain spot he likes. He did it in the first game. He was shooting, he was firing away from there in the first game against Syracuse. He was shooting a high percentage. So he practices against the zone for that particular spot. And now in the second half, Syracuse stepped out further on that spot, right at the key, and he didn't have it anymore. And then I mean, Virgi- yeah. and Virginia tried to go inside and, and play Malcolm in the middle or hit Isaiah Wilkins in the middle, and they started turning the ball over there. Couldn't I pass inside. The way, they were, they, the way they were getting that shot was just because Syracuse was not extending. They weren't getting it because they were like opening up the zone, and it was a little note of caution. Um Here's how they could have. Here's how they what they should have done. And Brogdon said this in his post game. He said he should have been more aggressive, firing away from threes. He thought they got gun shy shooting threes in the second half. He, Devin Hall, I guess you could say Prentiss too, even though he was very much a marked man in that second half of play. And I agree with him. Yeah, they needed to hit some wing threes, and and that didn't happen. All right. Um, yeah. Wow, that was that was a strange game. I'll tell you who did have money on that game was was Guthrie, and but. Uh, like we said, he's not, he's not <laughs> with us right now. Thing, uh, yeah, he did not do well. Um, uh, I will say one Guthrie thing. Guthrie had I more than know, one. He hit his heart on that game. He had, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's a, a sad state of affairs here. Uh, five figures on that game. I do know someone that did win five figures by taking uh, Syracuse straight up to win it. Um, so I, I will uh, I will say I did see one oh, person that was very, very happy uh, for the big orange. <laughs> yeah, and I have a friend of a friend just... who's Billy Walters. So, yeah, um, yeah, he, uh, he, he won a million and a half on the game. Anyway, no, that's not true. I, I'm just making that up. But I, I do have a friend of a friend who's... <laughs> Billy, Billy Walters is a friend of a friend. Okay, uh, let's talk about gambling or, or lines in general. Guthrie and I were on fire in the Sweet 16. We're 7-1. Yeah. 7-1. And then the Elite Eight, um, I don't know, like 50-50. But let's, can, can, we, can, we go back to the, can we go back to the Sweet 16 momentarily? Yeah. Seems so long ago. Do you ha- Mike, sh- um, pat on your back for saying Dylan Brooks would be the best player on the floor in the Duke-Oregon game, because he was. He was. Yep. He yeah. was. He was a By stud. Far. He was a stud. Yeah, no doubt. And that played out just like you thought. Taylor, I'm sorry. 
Sorry about the Duke angle. Didn't <laughs> yeah, work out. Wrong, wrong night for don't, mine. Don't worry. Sorry. My Texas A&M angle just uh, completely backfired as well, so I, I know how that feels. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I, don't wanna... yeah, I, would li- I would like you to replay my analysis of Texas A&M in the game. Well, Texas A&M just isn't very good. <laughs> I think that was the beginning and end <laughs> but, of my statement. But wait, but wait, they, game. You put Caruso on your first team, though, so how can you say that? Yeah, you love Caruso. Uh, I do, because I love Caruso. I, I do think that he's a fantastic point guard, but uh, the team as a whole I did not think was very good. It was only him and House. That's all that they had. But uh, Oklahoma and Buddy Heald, man, I mean, I I have a hard time seeing Buddy Heald get knocked out of this tournament. He just looks like a guy that's going to bring it home. I I don't know. That's okay. Well, Taylor and I are taking Villanova. We'll get to that momentarily. Villanova and Kansas. um, Game of the weekend, if you ask Great game. Great game. Deep down, we all knew that this Kansas game was going to come. We knew. Yeah, I, would, I was just I was just too chicken not to go against them. But Mike did say right before tip off when Guthrie and I were trying to pull the audience right before tip off, <laughs> he doesn't respond thirty minutes ahead of time or ten minutes or five. We get a little text gotta saying, "Wait for that late money. Wait for that I late like money." I like Villanova. I like Villanova plus two. Like thanks for that. The ball's tipped. It's too late. Our money's already on Kansas. But that's what happened. Great. Great, thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. Any, any thoughts on that game? Uh, I thought Ochefu played about as, as well as I yeah. hoped that he would. I mean, he was he was uh, my MVP for the game. I mean, you know, he only had 10 points, went 5 of 8. Um you know, had seven or eight rebounds or so, but I thought he controlled the game and when when he was in, especially uh, defensively, um, I thought he was able to easily contain and slow down, um, you know, Lucas and Ellis inside for Kansas, uh, who Lucas had, had really played well in the tournament up to that date. So yeah, I really like uh, seeing Ochefu really come through. I thought the story of the game was Villanova's defense. I mean, they shot four for 18 from the three-point line, which is not uh, – what you expect to see right. out of a Final Four team or out of Villanova in general, but their I thought their defense held Kansas to some similar numbers and played really well against that trio of guards that Kansas has. That is, and Perry Ellis. I mean, really limited Perry Ellis kept them all really just stayed in front of them, made them take difficult shots, made them work for everything. I think the Villanova yeah. did a really good job. You, you two should have seen our our viewing sessions over the weekend for these games. It was Guthrie, myself, and and our roommate Dave. For all of them, and uh, there was action. There was a lot of action. Let's just say that much. And <laughs> there was a lot of no Frank, no, no Frank, no Frank, no. That happened a lot in the Kansas game, uh, and then uh, the Virginia game just turned into a mausoleum uh, for for obvious reasons. What were the other games, guys? Uh, North Carolina, Notre Dame. Do we even touch uh, touch on this? Like, uh, no. Uh, yeah. They- I mean, we can. I, mean, I, I don't no, know I uh, no, if you guys were able to watch it with, uh, what's that, uh, oh, I watched what's the that entire Friday thing. Night Lights, uh, what's that Friday Night Lights quote? Uh, clear eyes, full, full open heart. eyes or whatever. Oh my clear God, it's embarrassing heart. for all of us. That we, clear Tell me, what is it, what is it? Clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you saying, anyway, Mike? That is not how you guys are watching the Notre Dame, North Carolina game. You are not <laughs> watching it with your clear eyes and open hearts or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching with Miss Coach, a glass of white wine. Um, yeah, th- there were some, there were some beverages involved where where I was mm-hmm. at, mm-hmm. and uh, and then one of our other friends came over, who, who Taylor knows, who who d- has probably watched one basketball game this year, 
and tried to to tell us how he had all the angles on on what happened in the, in the Virginia game. And uh, so that that I don't know why we let him in the house, but so, <laughs> so you guys are just stewing over there. Huh? That, that was insult uh, to injury. This this um, friend of ours who uh, doesn't watch any college, maybe has watched one game all year, maybe total, yeah. and and then came gave yeah. us you know, all the angles. Anyway, all right. How about uh, we're missing a game, aren't we? No, we're not. Well, That's let it. me let me say one thing about the, the North Carolina Notre Dame game. I, you know the the offense on display there was uh, was palpable. Uh, you know, I think if Notre Dame had gone into <laughs> it the game, it was indeed palpable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you if you had told Notre Dame they would shoot nearly sixty percent from the field, fifty percent from three, and almost eighty percent from the line, yeah. I think they'd have felt pretty good about it. They probably would have thought they would have had a chance. My boy uh, VJ Beecham really stepped up, especially in the early game. I mean, that yeah. guy's stroke is all tournament player. Sweet. He should be on. Yeah, he should be on the all tournament team. He, yeah, he was great. Um, but you know, North Carolina kind of went full North Carolina um, and just you know outboarded outboarded them uh, you know twice over. I mean, they had 13 offensive rebounds. I mean, just pounding the glass. Just Bryce Johnson just yoking them down. Justin Jackson just kind of scurrying around. And you know, he has a terrible matchup for Beecham, especially on the uh, offensive side. But but anyways, uh, you know, it went very much like you would imagine the game would go uh, for for North. Carolina team that's played so well recently. So, uh, hats off to North Carolina. I thought they played an incredible game, um, and, and I think that they're. You know, I think we'll likely see them in the championship. I think they'll be able to handle Syracuse pretty easily. I think so too. Yeah. And I, I did. I did turn off the TV after the final buzzer, so I didn't stick around for the uh, the ceremony. Uh, did mm. you guys? I did not. I did not. I did not. I imagine it got emotional between Paige and Roy Williams, but I'm not sure. Did did Julian Nangoro go up and cut cut off a, a little bit of the net for him? Did um did Roy oh. ride up into the to the stands and hug Debbie Crowder like Wimbledon style? Oh, wow. that's not, shouldn't that, that happen? That is unfair. Maybe 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 that happened. You, you right? Talk about people being sour. Come on, right? how would you give credit where credits due? No, anyway. Yeah, that's not really talk about wasn't what wasn't due papers. Uh anyway, I could go all day on this. Wow, that is. I, I just think that's... <laughs> I'm going to roll. I, I'm not a UNC fan, but I consider that a non-issue. Man, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. You know, North Carolina earned it, man. They they were I, arguably the best team in the country all year. I'm happy for them. I'm glad they're true. in the Final Four. Yeah, and they are heavy... I'd say heavy favorites. There's not much... I would say the... I'd say the heavy four favorites. best teams, the four best teams all year, almost made it to the Final Four, except <laughs> that uh, Virginia's program just collapsed in on itself. It was just like I imagine that's what a black hole looks like. Is uh, you know Darius Thompson running down the court and turning it over and uh, watching Devin Hall tank one of his janky threes from the elbow extended. I mean that's oh. that's what that's what the bla- yeah. that's what a black hole looks to like. To tie the game at the end, I mean. Do you- do you want to see Devin Hall? Take- I wish Steffi was here so I could ask him how he felt when he saw Devin Hall taking that shot. Mm. <laughs> I mean, uh, it was so open. I, I mean, it I don't was. Know. It was open. It was wide open. Yeah, let me ask you another open. thing. Why, why does everybody hate Virginia? <laughs> why does everybody hate Virginia? I, I, I don't understand. Mike included. Like Mike, Mike's jumped on like uh, the berating train. He, he's just ju- I, jumping in no, with the he, crowd. Mike just he. Because he has so many fans that are big UVA fans, he uh, takes a certain kind of glee in when uh, 
when their underbelly is exposed. Yeah, that's true. That is true. That's well, it doesn't all happen true. often. That's it the first time that's happened in years. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm I'm happy for my my UVA fan friends when the season's going on and it's all happening and they're the best team in the country. And then just watching these past three tournament years and just the implosion and all the pain that comes with it after all the newfound expectations is just it's too much for me. You know, it's too it's too good for me to see. Well, they did <laughs> reach the, they reached the elite eight, so that's progress. And mm-hmm. I'll maintain that the NCAA men's basketball tournament is a crapshoot. And if you don't win the title, who cares if you finish at the Final Four of the Elite Eight? Oh, right. or, I mean, or if you no, don't no, win no, the no, conference no. championship or not, the conference you tournament. Can't say, you cannot say if you don't win the title, who cares? I mean, Okay, I guess the Final Four is something, but I mean, that's kind of I mean, the Final nice. Four is amazing and great, but the yeah. championship is so much better. The and East, I don't, wait, no, the championship I, is better than the Final Four? Wow. Nice but I'm one. just saying you don't don't denigrate it just because it's a big tournament that you feel like it's not. I, well, you're I a Kentucky said, Wildcats fan. I mean, how did you feel about last year? I mean, how did um, Kentucky feel, fans feel last year? I mean, they had the best team. De- demoralized, brutalized, completely. It's a crapshoot. This tournament's a crapshoot. UConn won it three years ago, and that's that's the worst thing that ever happened to the game if of college it, if basketball. If it was a crapshoot, we would just go roll dice, right? That's why they play the game. Gotta yeah. play the games. That's one of the great things. Yeah, Wisconsin. Wisconsin deserved to win that game last year. Yeah, I mean, they definitely. beat Kentucky in pretty much every phase of that game. I mean, if you want it to be baseball, then we'll go play 168 games, and then you know just play seven game series all the way through. But it's not that. That's not what it is. Well, no, and baseball doesn't play seven game series. They do best of five to start. Well, Whatever, best of five, and then whatever. Which is, you know, we're, which is really the same thing. You know, this is uh, we're getting we're getting sidetracked. Okay, right, right. let's talk and, about lines and, for know, the final four. Okay, let's talk about it. I don't have them. <laughs> what? You guys don't have them already pulled up? No. I mean, I, I don't have any notes you, pulled up tonight. What are you guys even watching basketball for now? I mean, now that the season's over, I mean, what do you what do you even have if you're not? Even, are you not? Are, wait, are you telling me that you're not going to gamble on any more games for the rest of the year because of what happened to your team? No. Can I tell a story real quick? Um, yes, thanks. To, thanks to your advice, I took the under of the Oregon Oklahoma game, and I <laughs> and I had I, and I had dug myself out of a large hole. Because I lost every game at the first day of the tournament, I, I dug all the way out of that hole and had uh, gained a, a good amount of a profit. And then Kansas butchered me. They they mm. just they just turned me inside out and put me right back to square one. And then I oh. and then I lost a little bit on uh, North Carolina in the first half. So yeah, I, I I don't know. My my desire is almost gone. No, you can't. Well, there's only three games left. I didn't have any action on the Virginia game. <laughs> you have to let it go. Thankfully. I'll share a little personal tidbit. As a um, high school quarterback who threw an inordinate amount of interceptions, you have to have a short memory. You know, you have to always be focusing on the next play. Well, so that's that's what college basketball gambling is like. Can we come to a consensus on some plays? <laughs> yes, let's do it. I've yeah. got the lines right here. This is... Instead of Mike texting it like a second before tip off, I'm ah, filling over, I'm on bus too. Yeah. <laughs> they won. They won the game. Uh, I would have liked to have known that. I would have liked to have known that before I placed a wager on Kansas. 
could have had a nice little conversation. You might have been able to talk me out of it, but no. Yeah, anyway. I'm sorry. By two over Oklahoma. And Syracuse and North Carolina, excuse me, is favored by nine over Syracuse. Mm, that sounds about right. Yeah. You say Oklahoma by two over Oklahoma Oregon? Are two point dogs against Villanova? Or, or I mean, yeah, Villanova two point dogs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. And Syracuse nine point dogs against North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. take Villanova. They defend the perimeter well. Come on. We love Oshefu. Oklahoma's not going to be right. Big, I mean, I don't think Oklahoma can guard him, right? No, 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 they can't. No. Old Senior Spengler no. down low no. uh, cannot no. cannot take my man at Chefu. Uh, yeah, yeah, I really like Villanova in that game. I think that let's do um, it. I, I do worry about Isaiah Cousins' <laughs> strength. Archie Diakono is one of the best defenders um, in college basketball, which was great that you pointed that out last week, um, Luke. You're welcome. Uh, he really is. He he really showed up uh, in his last. I mean, game. he had, he had, he had two crucial steals to end both their games, right? to seal yeah. both their yeah. last two victories. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought I thought he played uh, out of his mind. Um, he has really day. act his hands without fouling, which is a great skill to have. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen a team pick off passes like Villanova does in the in the backcourt? It's pretty pretty impressive. But they're yeah. both on both on defense and on offense, their sense of spacing is really good. And that's what like that's one of the things that makes their offense click and it helps them on defense a lot and especially in terms of like picking off passes they're always aware of the lanes and the space and you know, the angles and it really shows um yeah i think i think they i mean buddy healed i think is gonna get his and i think they'll slow him down some but they're not gonna they're certainly not gonna hold him to under i would say they're probably they're not gonna hold him to under 20 points and no. he's gonna get his i mean if they hold him to under 30 i think they have to consider that a success I mean, who's who's going to guard him? Archie Diakono? Is that the consensus, or is Cousins? Is he going to be on Cousins? I mean, that's that's my question. If you're going to have someone like Jalen Brunson, um, you know, trying to chase Buddy Heald around all day, that's, I, not, I, that's not going to work. No, it's not good. I think you'll no. probably see some uh, see some new things. They'll switch off. They'll try a couple different things. You know, I was looking back at Villanova there schedule over the last year and they haven't really um played someone who's as dynamic a scorer as Buddy Heald is and now of course you know there aren't that many of those as dynamic as he is around but they haven't really game planned for that before so it'll be interesting to see what they do right. yeah 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 that that was a good region we didn't talk about Maryland with you guys but uh I guess I'll give you a pass on that one but yeah I, yeah I, Sorry, I read, that, like I read how, that one. How we thought it would, right? You guys I both think, took Maryland. No, I took Maryland. Oh, yeah. I, I read that one wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a good region, though. Good region. You had a nice upset. Cal went down to Hawaii, and then you eventually had uh, the best two teams facing each other in the Elite Eight. That's what a region should mm-hmm. be like. You know, maybe the four gets upset, but you know the the top dogs get there in the end. Oh, that is so boring. I mean, it really. I'm. I'm starting. This is really starting to sink in that we really did miss an opportunity for the four best teams in the country to be in the Final Four with Virginia losing. I mean, they Villanova, Oklahoma, UNC, Virginia. Those are the four best teams in the country and have been all year. That's a shame. You, you well, have throwing Kansas kinda... in there. No, no, I didn't really think Kansas was that good this year. <laughs> they were they won like Texas 16 straight games of the Big Twelve. <laughs> they won 16 straight games of the Big Twelve. Yeah, 
I'm, I'm pretty proud of them. They beat Oklahoma think, twice. They, beat, they waxed the floor with Oklahoma Villanova. the second time. I don't think they'd beat any of the Final Four teams that would have been in there. You know, Virginia was in there. I don't think Kansas is better than Oklahoma, UNC, or Virginia. The tournament is so unique and so great. It's not... It's you play the Listen, entire season Taylor, to get yourself Taylor, a settle down. They, they don't need any more do advertising. It. They don't need any more advertising. <laughs> right, they're fine. I mean, I buy into the hype. I love it. If I hear one more time, this is why the tournament's so great. I'm, I'm going to lose it. Well, uh, I, I feel like the backlash has gone the other way towards like you. Like, oh, let's just play a regular season and not have a tournament. It's terrible. We just need to average them out, you know? No, it's not terrible, and there's no changing the format, so we're just stuck with it. So uh, we're it's not fine. It's with good. It. We are it's gifted good. with it. We okay, are we're gifted with it. Yeah, thank you. Great. <laughs> I guess there's only two lines. I, I, there's only two games. I feel like there's more to get to, but I, I, I don't know. Is there? No, I mean, that's I, it. Okay, that's all there is. I'm, I'm refusing to talk about UNC Syracuse. I mean, even though this is an ACC Degenerates podcast, oh my God. <laughs> I don't, I don't think there's a game here to talk about. I mean, let's, let's Lightning does not strike twice. With, well, we do have to say something. So Taylor and I and Mike are going to break it down. Uh, go ahead, T. Pilk. Start us off. Where do you want to start? Orange or baby blue? Um, let's start with uh, the favorites here. Let's start with North Carolina. Um, Marcus Page, outside shooting. Is this a thing? Or should, should Syracuse just pull another gamble? Another one of these riverboat gym moves and just say, all right, Marcus, we're going <laughs> to leave you out there alone. I mean, why not? Um, you got you to gotta do something, right? You know, honestly, I think they, I think North Carolina's strength is inside and they should try and limit their inside opportunities and force them to win in a way that they haven't done all season traditionally. And that's force Marcus Page to make a ton of deep threes. That would be nice. Let's review. First game at the Carrier Dome. Cuse had the lead up until about the seven minute mark. I remember this. And then North Carolina figured out the zone. They got the interior passing going. They were very good at interior passing. Both Hicks. Uh, Meeks and Johnson, all three of those guys can pass the rock. And they figured it out with about seven minutes left and went on a big run and won the game at the Carrier Dome. What I don't understand is how the game was so close in Chapel Hill, or it got so close. Do you remember that game at all? Uh, vaguely. I think I might have had one too many drinks in my hand to, to remember it exactly right. But, um, I mean, I, I would look for the same sort of thing. North Carolina, the interior passing is so good. I think the difference is... Uh, Tyler Lydon has started to play a lot better. Not sure. he's and he's always been a great shooter. He's always been good from the perimeter, but he started to be better as an interior defender. Um, you know, uh, really making people make tough shots. Now I don't know if he's good enough to stand up against North Carolina's front court, um, but if they can get Roberson in foul trouble, which seems to happen, um, you know, in in games like this, if they can get Roberson in foul trouble and and yeah. really expose that front court of Syracuse. They could score a lot of points in there. I think that zone's going to have to withdraw and just worry about the bigs. You know, but maybe that's a good counterfeit to North Carolina. Maybe it is because they can't shoot that well. If we're looking at season-long trends, now, the tournament, right, no. they, tournament they've been sharp shooting, and that's an understatement. And isn't that that's the whole theory is that you take away a team's strength and force them to be you with what is not their strength? Yeah. All right, that's it for that matchup. Anything else? Um, the Villanova game. Let's let's talk about how do we like them over Oklahoma or do we like Oklahoma? I think because um, the reason I've outlined, I'm I like take, Villanova. I'm, I'm taking Villanova. Villanova, even giving two points. Wow, we're all on the same page, yeah. guys. Yeah, might have yeah. to jump back I into like, the I ring. Like Villanova there. 
Mm, you know, Buddy Heald is a listener, and he's probably going to like pop off for 45 in this game now that we said that. Yeah, yeah that is a problem. I don't know who's going to cover Heald, but you know, nobody was able to cover uh, George Niang either for UVA, so they managed to win. So, um, you know, I, I think it takes more than just outside of Heald. I think that Nova's got the game on lock. I mean, I think that they they have everything else buttoned up on their side. I don't see. Well, hasn't that been the story for off. Oklahoma in several games this year? No, I mean, I think everything for Oklahoma has gone off their defense. I mean, they're, they're defensively, they're one of the best teams in the country, which is um, surprising. It's definitely not something that you think of, but uh, most of that is based on their ability to guard the paint um, and, you know, kind of outclass people there. But Villanova doesn't need the paint. They they have the best player in the paint. He'll do what he does in there, and everyone else will shoot threes. So I, I don't think it's going to be a problem for Villanova to score the basketball. I do you, also think, do you think I, that part of the best defensive strategy against Buddy Heald is to go at him on the offensive end. Has anybody gotten him in foul trouble this year? Are they going to try and do that? I don't think he – does he commit fouls? Does he defend? I've never seen Buddy Heald do anything defensive. <laughs> well, then you should have an easy pass to the basket if he's going to just let you to avoid fouling. You know, it doesn't matter. If he gets three fouls, he'll, he'll gain immunity for a while. And it, yeah, he's not fouling out, okay? He's not going to foul out. He'll get the star and <laughs> He'll get immunity. Mario Kart. When you have yeah, when you have a star player, they gain immunity. Okafor did it. I don't know how many times last year in the tournament, but it was a lot. When he got his fourth foul, he could do whatever he wanted. It was unbelievable. Yeah, uh, I yeah. had a point to make, but Taylor, it's somewhere in my mind. Okay, I forgot it. I lost it. I lost it. I had a good point. Oh, here it is. Has Oklahoma seen a team that can share like Villanova? I don't think so. Especially playing in the Big Twelve, where you got teams like Kansas who do a lot of a lot of one on one basketball. With that Kansas team, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the closest that, that is out there maybe is Iowa State. Um, On the offense, uh, I don't surely think Iowa I don't think it's very close. And they lost to Iowa State. Uh, yeah, yeah, they lost. They lost and beat Iowa State. Yeah, yeah, they lost um, away and won at home, or won in yeah, yeah. and in the neutral. They went the two conference. and one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I actually think the VCU VCU game is pretty close. I think it's pretty close to how um, how Villanova will play them. I, I think you saw a little glimpse of that. And I actually, I think that if you look at what Allie Cox was able to do against Oklahoma um, in that second half, I think that's very similar to what you'll see a Chefu do. I think that he's he's really going to be the force in the game. I wouldn't be surprised if he had if he had 20. It might be his first 20 point game of the year. But I'm calling it right here. ACC Degenerate Podcast first. Oh, Chefu for 20 and 10. <laughs> Put it on the board. You know what, Mike? You know what I think I'm going to do for my team? I'm taking Bryce Johnson and Oshefu. I'm just going to play them both. Can I do that? Can I play Oshefu at, <laughs> yeah, at, at, at the five and Bryce at the four? I can do that, right? Yeah, yeah you can do that. Do Look, if they play Kennedy Meeks, you can play Oshefu. I'm doing it. <laughs> my, oh my, doing it, man. My playground team. Yeah, I'll take Kennedy. Uh, nice. Okay. Um, anything else? Any parting words for Brian Gregory or Jamie Dixon? That's what I thought. No, uh, should we? No. Should we? We'll talk about that in the off season, right? I'm not doing yeah, this in the off yeah. season. I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see what happens in the off season. Just I mean, overall, we shouldn't. We'll we'll have later podcasts about the off season. But one of the things I feel, and I shared this feeling. I know Mike knows that I feel this way. I am just filled with some sort of terrible, terrible. I don't know affliction in that I can't enjoy anything in the moment. So even the closer and closer we get to the championship game, I even as I'm so 
amped up about my excitement for the tournament. You get mad Yeah, I feel like a greater and greater sense of loss, and I feel like, well, the season's over. We're about to go through a fallow period with no basketball, no college basketball, no college basketball for. Yeah, it's a bad feeling. There's only one week left. More sad, you know. This this is the last week. It's really sad. I mean, when when they tip off the championship game, everyone around me, I feel like whoever I watch the game with, is so excited on the edge of their seat, and all I can do is kind of look around and feel like the slow motion private and saving private Ryan on the beach where everything's kind of like shuddering around me. And I just feel so sad. <laughs> is this where you're, are you like picking up your arm that was blown off? I mean, I can't enjoy anything nice. Why can't I enjoy anything nice in my life? Can I tell so, you what the, uh, the movie analogy is for, for Guthrie right now? And, and myself also, because all of a sudden you, your work is just like abruptly ended and, now it's time to think about baseball, which is you know not what I want to do. But uh, the end of the movie Castaway, when Tom Hanks has, is at the uh, at the the Four Roads, and he yeah, just the crossroads. yeah, oh, right. and he just doesn't know what to do. That's what Guthrie and mm-hmm. I are like right now. I think we're just just confused, lost, and uh, that'll be all of us after after a week when we have no games to watch. I don't know if I'm yeah, more I just... surprised or upset that I instantly recognize that scene in Castaway. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> it's a good analogy I scene. Guthrie, I picture Guthrie right now, like crying alone on his couch, eating popcorn for dinner, watching some like <laughs> Korean team dominate a Dota two championship, <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just just alone and sad with no lights on. It's, we should it's, we should call Guthrie after this just to make sure he's okay. We should call him now. Can we call him now? I just want to hear what he says. Let's give him a voicemail. We're doing a mic. We're calling him Taylor. We only have two lines, so we're gonna have to drop you. Love you, buddy, but so long. We're calling Guthrie. Operator, get him on the line. Oh, this is going to be so exciting. I can't wait. <laughs> Looks like it's voicemail time, Mike. Oh, there, I, could hear, I think I just heard him silence the call. From, from, I think one of his tears just hit the silent button. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press right, I'll, I'll leave him a voicemail. Guthrie! Sometimes, my friend, it just doesn't work out. You know, we we all really wanted UVA to win that game. We all did. I've talked about it throughout the podcast about my love for UVA. But it just doesn't work out sometimes. I know you're you're maybe in a dark place, but we want you to rise. We want you to rise, you know. It, it's that time of year. Apparently, Easter was on Sunday. They're not against making uh, Easter references on college basketball Sunday, apparently. Look, man, you got to rise up. Rise up, my friend. We need you. All right? One love. All right? We miss you. All right, there it is. That's going to wrap it up. Vegas Mike. Um, let's jump on this Villanova bandwagon and ride it all the way through Houston into the national title game. And hopefully there'll be a big pot of gold there for us. All right. That's going to do it for our episode for the ACC basketball degenerates. You can check us out on Twitter at ACC Degens, And also you can email the show or the podcast at ACC Degens at gmail.com. Easy enough. Nice. You can find us there. Way to get that contact info out there. Facebook as well. All right, Vegas Mike. We're going to bump out later. Yeah. All right, buddy.